good morning. It's good to see y'all here today. Pastor Avery is at Champions Preaching, so you've got me here today. Whether you like it or not, here I am. So, well, thank you. I am, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And you know, we're going to continue in our stories of the Old Testament, and today we're going to talk about Daniel in the lion's den, which is in chapter 6 of Daniel. So if you have your Bible, turn there. Or if you've got your little iPad or your phone, go there because we're going to go through a lot of scriptures today through chapter 6. But, uh, I, you know, I just want to say thank you to the praise team and the band. I know they're back there somewhere, but they just really help make our worship. And uh, I thank them for what they do here. So we're going to start out in chapter 6, verse 1. And this story is... You know, you've heard this story, I guess, if you've been in church and as a kid like I was all your life. And it, you, it's kind of impressive that, you know, Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den and, and he comes out alive. But it's more than just about him being saved from the mouths of the lion. It's really about commitment and about faithfulness. And if we can understand that in this story, we see why he was saved from the mouths of the lions. So let's begin then in chapter 6, verse 1, if you'll follow along with me. And it pleased Darius. Now who is Darius? Darius is the king of Persia. And at this particular time, they had conquered Babylon. And so he, we're going to see here that he's going to set up an administration. And to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. And what are satraps? They are governors or um, you might say rulers over a particular area. And to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials. So there was a hierarchy. Here you see the 120 officials. And then, uh, I mean, and then you see uh, three of those to manage all those officials. Of whom Daniel was one of those officials. That was over the 120. To whom these satraps could give account so that the king might not suffer loss. So they were given there in order that they might help manage the affairs of the kingdom. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all other high officials and satraps because of his excellent spirit was in him. You might underline that, his because of this excellent spirit was in him. Now, if you're a Christian today, I submit to you that you have an excellent spirit living in you, and it's called the Holy Spirit. Now, what we Christians do a lot, and I'm sort of guilty of this too, I have to admit, you know, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, and I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and his Holy Spirit lives within me. And, you've, and many of you have done the same thing. But what I'm guilty of is not being led by the Spirit and sometimes thinking, I can do it on my own. And I really can't. And I submit you can't either. But we need to be guided and led by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I believe this is exactly where Daniel was. 
that he was letting the Spirit guide him because it was recognized that he had an excellent spirit within him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. You know, our character tells us a lot about who we are in life and what responsibility God's going to give us or opportunities He's going to give us in our lives. And I think the more that we can let the Holy Spirit control our lives, the more that the Lord is going to use you, use me for His kingdom and for His glory. And what we want to do a lot of times, and this is where we get off track again, is that we want it for our glory, for our gathering up of wealth and looking good in man's eyes. But we don't need to be worried about that. What we need to be worried about is being in communion with the Lord, meaning being in fellowship with Him in order that He might guide us and we give Him the glory. So here's the first thing that we're looking at is this commitment and faithfulness that I talked about. So when King Darius became ruler of Babylon, he put these guys in charge so that he didn't have to govern it and that he had an administration and he put he was going to put over Daniel over the entire operation because Daniel had this excellent experience. Uh, spirit within him and he saw that here is a man that had great administrative skills that I'm sure that he learned under his 39 years of serving under Nebuchadnezzar and see you know especially for us for the, not us but for you young people out there I can't really include myself on that Everything you go through, I believe God is preparing you for something that he can use you in later in your life. Even if you get to be my age, God can still use you. Because here we see Daniel was at least 80 years old when he was appointed to be over this administration. Now, I hope that when I'm 80 years old, I can be in retirement. But you know, the Bible doesn't say there is a retirement. It doesn't. It doesn't tell us. We're to serve him to the day we die. And you know, sometimes the older we get, the tireder we get. But I think we can renew our strength when we depend upon the Lord and let him do the work and not do it ourselves because we want to accomplish it all ourselves. And we need to just turn it over to him and let him work through us for his glory and remind us that it is for his glory. Now, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite here. Because I am getting older, and I may retire from this job, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to retire from serving him somewhere in the ministry, doing something for him. Okay? So, here we see, the king was pleased to put him, because Daniel was an excellent administrator. He had shown that throughout all his years. Now, look at verse 4. And then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. 
But they couldn't find no grounds for complaint or any fault because he was what? Faithful and had no error or fault was found in him. And these men said, we shall not find any grounds for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of God. What does that say about Daniel? He was an honorable man. You know, in all my years of experience, I came across some individuals that I consider to be very honorable, that I looked up to. And and I have to say, one of my good friends was a a vice president and who, who believed, who was a believer, and who I looked up to and attended church regularly. And, and God just blessed his life in that. And he taught me a lot, too, as I worked for him through those years. But see, we see that God, in, he looks at Daniel and he sees a man of integrity. And these guys, these satraps, these 120 and all the rest of them, they were what? They were envious and jealous that here this honorable man was going to be placed above him. And why were they envy and jealous? Because they couldn't run the government that would benefit them. They couldn't take graft or they couldn't take bribes or anything else because this honorable man wasn't going to let that happen. And so they needed to get this guy out of the way. We want to run it our way, and we want to enrich our pockets, and we want to be somebody in this world. That's what they wanted to do. And so they came up with a plan. You know, and it says that that the only thing that they could come up with was a plan that really would cause Daniel to not serve his God. Because that's the only thing they could break. And and so they devised this plan. And that plan was that they would tell Darius that he was to be prayed and looked at as a god for 30 days. And only, the only one that they could, that the all the country could pray to. And the reason they did this, see, was that that they could bring the whole government together and honor Darius. Now, what about Daniel? Daniel wasn't going to submit to that. Because, see, Daniel, every day, prayed three times every day, out his window, looking and facing at Jerusalem, and prayed to the living God. Daniel would have to was facing a crisis in his life. Would he submit and not pray for thirty days? You know, Daniel he could have easily closed the windows and prayed. Daniel could have easily gone somewhere else and prayed. Daniel could have not prayed and could have honored the king. 
But no, he didn't do that. And I believe that had he done that, had he just even closed the windows or gone somewhere else, he would have been a coward and just as guilty as the men that were trying to honor and capture him. Trying to honor the king and capture him. But he didn't. He remained faithful to pray every day. He humbled himself before the Lord. Now let's stop just a second and think about that. Why is, do you think that Daniel prayed every day? I think it was one. He looked for guidance for the Lord. And it says in there that he gave thanks to the Lord for what he had done. And it said in there that he gave his supplications, his request made known to God. That should tell us something about us today. That no matter what it is and what you're doing, you need to take time to commune with the Lord and lay your prayer request to Him. And give Him honor and thank Him for what He did, does for you. See, I think my point number one is that regardless of the circumstances, we need to be like Daniel and remain faithful to God. Many of you know, and I've said this before, that you know, before I went into the ministry, I worked for Brown and Root, which is Kellogg Brown and Root. It's an international engineering company. And I lived for over a year in Saudi. And so when I went to Saudi... We flew into Bahrain, and we had to go from Bahrain, and, and I had a driver, because you couldn't drive there, I couldn't, going through that, or I wouldn't, and we had a driver, and we had to go through six checkpoints to get there, and you couldn't bring a Bible, nor any religious paraphernalia, or any religious books of any kind. Well, during this time, I was working on my doctorate. Now, you, how did I do that when I went to Saudi? Well, it's real easy. You know, I spent a couple of weeks every year intensive studying at the campus. And then the rest of it, if you're working on your doctorate, is nothing but research and writing. So you don't need to attend class much. You mainly need to do research. So I had to have some books that I would take with me. When you got to the middle checkpoint, every time you had to get out of your car and they inspect your luggage. Every time I made that trip, I had books in there. Every time I got out of my car, and the minute I got out of my car, the Saudi officials looked at me and said, pass him on through. They never inspected my luggage. And I'm not saying I'm some kind of saint. What I'm saying is I depended upon God for his protection and relied upon it. And believing he would deliver me because if they had found that, I could have easily been put in a Saudi jail. Now, I, don't, I, I say that not to brag. But I say that because you are sometimes faced with a temptation that you've got to either take 
or a circumstance that you've got to go through, and you're going to have to rely on the Lord to deliver you. And you should not back down in your faith and let him deliver. You know, and you remember last week when Pastor Avery talked about the fiery furnace and they threw him in? But what did those guys say? Even if he does not deliver us, we're still going to serve the Lord. And that's, that's the kind of attitude that we need to have. That's the kind of faithfulness that we need in our lives. Is that regardless of how the Lord deals with us, that we're going to serve Him and we're going to faithfully serve Him. And that's through sickness or through health or through peril or whatever it is. You need to make up your mind. And besides... Doesn't that excellent spirit live within you? Doesn't, God, doesn't he guide you in all that you do? And I hope he does. Look at verse 10. And when Daniel knew that the document and what they did, they got the king to sign this document saying that you can't pray to anybody else. And had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper changer and toward Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks to God before his God as he had done previously. And these men came by agreement and found Daniel making the petition and the plea before God. They caught him. And they caught him red-handedly. And that's why we need to remain faithful regardless of the circumstances. See these leaders, they spied upon him. You know, most of us begin our day by looking at what we can gain out of the world. What we can make, how much sales we can make if we're a salesperson, how much we can accomplish how much that we can accumulate. But here Daniel, he looks to the Lord every day of what the Lord wants him to do and how the Lord can guide him. You might say in some cases, I know this sounds a little bit unspiritual, but really our outlook determines our outcome. But when we look to the Lord for his guidance and help each day, we know that the outcome is in his hands and we are in his care. And that's where we need to be. Not worry about what the outcome is, what we're going to gain. But what are we going to do for the Lord and how are we going to serve him? And you may say out there, I'm not in the ministry. That doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Your service is how you honor God every day. And how the people you come into contact and the character that you deliver to them and your faithfulness and your commitment to the Lord. My second point is that the most important part of a believer's life is the part that only God sees in our daily private time of meditation and prayer. See, our time of meditation ought to be remembering what God has done for you. And give Him glory for that. Give Him thanks for it. That's the important part of your day. The most important thing that you can do. And here Daniel was. He did it three times a day. 
One time in the morning wasn't enough, but he did it at noontime. And I'm sure each of those times, God was just directing him and he was in communion with him and he was giving God glory and God was giving him guidance. We need to realize that you may not hear directly from God, but I'm telling you, God can direct you and you can feel his very presence moving you in your life in the direction you need to go. When you're in that kind of communion with him, you'll know what's right and you will be directed into doing what God wants you to do in your life. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. What more could you ask for to get peace from God? And that's how we get it. When we make our petitions known to God, when we give Him thanks, when we give Him glory, and He'll remind you of what He's done for you. You may not recognize it in your daily walk, but He's right there with you, guiding you, because that excellent Spirit lives within you. But when we look at Daniel's life, it's no wonder that he had this peace and great courage. Because here's a guy who was given guidance and training for 39 years under Nebuchadnezzar and survived it as a Jewish exile. He was in exile. And they could have killed him at any time, but they didn't. Here was a guy that the Lord had saved him by giving him wisdom to tell and interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And he was a guy that saw his three friends delivered from the fiery furnace. You know, Daniel, I know. And it says in chapter 3 of, the, of Daniel, says that he had a copy of Jeremiah's book. And in Jeremiah 32 27, it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, and is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for him. Jeremiah knew that and he believed that. And that's the same thing we need to believe, that nothing is too hard for our God. And nothing is too small for him either. You need to pray for everything that when you have... Whatever the situation is, how many of you lose your car keys? You know, every day, you just start to say, Lord, direct me to those car keys, you know? How many of you, I mean, you know, sometimes you wonder, how am I going to pay this doctor bill? Lord, help me to pay this doctor bill. You need to provide for it. Nothing's too small. Nothing is too great. We need to learn to depend upon him. And he is the provider of everything for us. The Bible tells us in James that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And that's why it is so important that we get on our knees and we bow before the living God. You know... And my third point here is that a believer who knows how to kneel in prayer has no problem standing in the strength of the Lord. 
When you have that prayer life and when you have that time that you recall what God does for you, it just strengthens that bond that you have with him. And you're just releasing that excellent spirit, that Holy Spirit that lives within you to accomplish his will in your life. And notice I said his will, not your will, in his life. And that's, you know, we're all frail human beings. And we all want to take it and be in control. I mean, I have to guard against that every day. I get bad about things. And I get upset about things. But I have to back up and say, the Lord's in control. And I've got to trust Him for everything. I'm just frail human being just like y'all are. I am no better and hopefully no worse. You know. <laughs> you know. Look, at, look at verse number 12. Then here they come to the king. Then they, this is the satraps, came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den? And the king answered, and he said, The thing stands fast according to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revealed. In verse 13, he says, And then they answered, and he said before the king Daniel, who is one of the exiles of Judah. Notice here is this guy who has now was going to be placed over all of the administration, and they're referring to him now as an exile of Judah. They're putting him down. They And he says, he pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petitions three times a day. They showed no respect toward Daniel. They were ready to get rid of him. And then when the king heard these words, was much distressed, and he set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till sun went down to rescue him. Daniel, I mean, King Darius was upset. Because he knew he had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. And he worried about it. And he, you know, he, he thought of ways, how can I get around this without having to do it? But he couldn't in the entire day. And then look in verse 16. And then the king commanded. And Daniel said, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. And the king declared to Daniel, listen to what the king said. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Daniel was lowered into the pit. And the king covered it, and the king sealed it. And no one dared break that seal, for for they too would be thrown in, and they would be killed. Says the king had a bad night that night. He had a restless spirit, you might say. And, you know, the next morning he wakes up and he runs to the pit to see if his faithful servant, his most trusted servant, his loyal servant Daniel is still alive. And look at verse 22. Verse 20. And he came near the den 
where Daniel was, and he cried out in a tone of anguish. And the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you have served, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Here it is. What happened? Daniel was blameless before the Lord. You cannot tell me that that consistent time of prayer, that Daniel wasn't in fellowship with the Lord daily, and the Lord just protected him because it was his faithful servant, and he still had things for Daniel to do, even at the age of 80. God was not finished with him. And this story, the reason he saved is because we're going to see that God gets glory from all of this. You know, notice here, when Daniel said what he said, he was quick to give God the glory. When God delivers you from anything, even when he finds those car keys, are you willing to just stop and say, thank you, Lord? Amen. Yeah. You know, you make a trip and you drive somewhere. Do you ask the Lord for protection? And do you thank him when you get there that you didn't have car trouble that got you there safely? And along the way, did you have an opportunity to just share Jesus with somebody? I suspect you did, probably, and we didn't take advantage of it. You know, I, I took a road trip with my daughter a couple of years ago. And we wanted to go to the national parks in Utah. And in doing so, I told her, we may not make it. And it's not because the, that, you know, I was afraid something was going to happen. I said, because I told her, I don't know where the Lord may direct us to go. And my daughter, she kind of got aggravated at me. Because it didn't matter where we stopped. I had a conversation with those people. Trying to find out where the, what their relationship with, with the Lord was. And finally my daughter goes, Dad, do you have to talk to everybody? And I said, Jessica, this is what this trip is about. It's about just telling what God has done in your life to bring them to Jesus. And that's where we are today. We are at a point in our lives we need to remember that God will deliver you. And here, we, here that's, this is my fourth point. And when God delivers you, you need to testify of his greatness and of his salvation. Wherever you go to begin to testify. In verse 26, and I make this decree, in all of the royal dominions, the people are to tremble. This is the decree that Darius is making. 
and fear before God of Daniel for he is a living God enduring forever and his kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to no end and he delivers and he rescues you and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has saved Daniel from the power of the lion so Daniel prospered during his reign in Darius and he and during the reign of Cyprus the Persian see not only did he continue to reign under Darius God used Daniel through the reign of Cyprus and he had to be at least 90 years old and God's still using him Here's my last point. Bring God glory through your steadfast commitment and faithfulness. In all that you do, recognize Him. 1 Peter 5 through 7, 5, chapter 5, 5 through 7. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You have a living God that knows you and loves you. And all he asks you is to come to him and give him glory. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for saving us. Father, we are... We are broken vessels, undeserving. But because of your love, you chose to send your son to die for us. And because of him and belief in him, we can have salvation. And Father, help us to depend upon you in all that we do and to give you honor. For it's in your son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.